Hello, and welcome to another deep dive episode on the Total Space Network. Today we are taking a look into the future of lunar operations. What would be the architecture? How would we get the energy? How would we land and launch? I'm Mikko, the host of Deep Dive, and joining me today is... I'm Rich LB, co-host of Becoming Multiplanetary. And we also have a special guest from the space community, Sabolsk Yaroy. Would you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is Sabolsk Yaroy, as Miko told the excellent way. And I'm a space nerd since I know about myself. And uh, I'm working also helping with, uh, with the What About It channel and some other channels as well. So that's a bit, that's about me. Yeah, thanks. And yeah, we met on the What About It channel and I think we all are on to the future channel as well. And yeah, yeah quite a few channels there. Yeah, it's not, not many places you can go where you don't see Sabolch's name pop up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ma- making all those captions to episodes. Yeah. I all try right, to so, help. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So let's start with the basics. Uh, how would living and such differ from living on Earth? Okay. Uh, well, maybe we should start with the with the basics. What uh, we should know about the moon. What are the big di- biggest differences? <clears throat> The first uh, biggest difference is the gravity. It's only the one-sixth of the Earth's gravity, so everything is uh, lighter and not so heavy. <clears throat> and second is second big difference is the uh, moon doesn't have an atmosphere, and that is, <clears throat> that is really crucial. If you want to walk on the moon, don't forget your spacesuit, because otherwise it can be fatal. So... Uh, and third difference is uh, the moon is tidally logged to Earth, so it is always facing uh, one side to the Earth as it is uh, going around. And uh, one round around the Earth is uh, one orbit for for the moon is 28 days. So that means the uh, moon has uh, 14 days of uh, night and then 14 days of uh, day. So that so that's a pretty long moon day. So the uh, these are the main uh, differences. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and creating any kind of architecture or structures on moon and designing a base, you gotta take all those all those different things into account. You have to get the solar panels generating energy all the time, not only in the daytime. Yeah, there's a lot of things to think about. Yeah, I I like to uh, think about it, uh, how it is going to work as uh, as we listed uh, these these big differences comparing to to the usual uh, space of Earth, uh, usual living space on Earth, that uh, if we 
are going to build something on the moon that can be much, much higher because uh, the gravity is less. So the structure, uh, the bottom part of the structure doesn't have to bear that much weight because it uh, is going to be lighter. And uh, the, the other difference, which also helps to help, will help us to build uh, high structures, uh, we don't have the atmosphere. And that means we don't uh, have wind. So we don't have to worry about the wind like, uh, like uh, in, uh, in Earth when we are building a skyscraper. Then it's a, it's, it's a really uh, important uh, factor in the design. To, to calculate how the wind forces are going to move that or and so on. We don't have to worry about on the moon. So we can, we can build really high, uh, high structures. Yeah. yeah. One thing needs to be uh, very closely checked on those buildings is the, so that they are, they are airtight and getting the atmosphere we are able to breathe inside. So here's a thought. What about meteoroid impacts? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Because of uh, no air, no atmosphere, uh, not even the smallest uh, defense against meteorites. And... Uh, if we, if we are looking at the numbers, probably the micrometeorites, but uh, we are talking about mostly because bigger ones are, are uh, rare, uh, luckily. <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah. You, or, could, you could potentially engineer design around this problem um, if you think about it, because when you construct something on the moon, if you make all of the spaces modular rooms and each modular room has a bulkhead, then if a meteorite was to impact one place, you'd simply seal off the bulkheads and it would maintain integrity. And because the rooms are modular, it's really easy and quickly reconstructed. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good idea. It's a good design pattern for, for lunar habitats. You know, it's, it's one of those things that if you can mitigate the risk or at least lower the risk, um, by designing around the problem like that, then it's it's something that's certainly worth looking into when building these or you know considering to build buildings like this. Yeah, absolutely. And even on on the ISS, I think the structure is like uh, two sided or not two sided, but they, there's like two walls. So the first wall will take the first impact and. Uh, uh, the micrometeorite will travel much slower to the second wall, and usually that's enough to stop the micrometeorites on ISS. Yeah, and uh, actually we forgot one important, uh, another important factor with the moon. Uh, we don't have uh, uh, protection against the uh, radiations, so so that that. Unfortunately, that is uh, that is a uh, very uh, high risk because you, 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 we got uh, moon is outer of the Earth's magnetic field, so it is not protected by that. So that way, uh, the background radiation 
which is coming from our direction it is it is hitting the moon's surface always so for so for example for that uh, we need if, if we if we want to build something on the surface on the moon for example a, a hotel which is going to be hap which is going to happen i'm sure about it uh, then on the hotel you have to have windows for sure because uh, if uh, you are traveling to the moon you want to see uh, the lunar surface the lunar panorama around you so the all the way to the quite close hor horizon so <laughs> And uh, for that, you need window. Uh, and if you want a radio, uh, radiation protection uh, uh, window that can uh, stop or uh, decrease the amount of radiation going through that. For example, you can use multi-layer uh, multi windows with uh, water in between the layers because uh, water is quite good for radio uh, radiation protection and, and that that perhaps also helps a bit with the micrometeorite impacts because if it's multi-layered maybe if the meteorite is not that big uh, or not that fast that it uh, one or two layer can remain intact yeah yeah and if the windows are made from some sort of plastic, especially one that includes quite a bit of hydrogen. Uh, those kind of kind of plastics would quite effectively effectively stop some radiation at least. Yeah, and then uh, as we are uh, arriving to the materials, we are the building materials what we are going to use. Uh, it is very important to note that uh, we have to uh, use the in-situ resource utilization uh, at the maximum level. So basically, we should try to build everything from the, from the local resources. And uh, for that, uh, we check the, what is the composition of the moon, uh, what materials uh, we can find, uh, what elements we can find there. And we found, uh, of course, there is a lot of uh, silicon we which we can use for for bricks for building structures, but we can also use that for uh, for glass, of course, making glass. Uh, but fortunately, we have uh, we have a lot of oxygen, which is very good for for humans, for for any living beings that we know. <laughs> And uh, there, there are, uh, there is also uh, quite a bit amount of uh, iron, which is which is going to be very important, as well as aluminium. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, both are good, good materials to build structures. So you were talking about skyscrapers earlier, Sabolch. Um, the idea of these, obviously, your idea of multi-layered windows would would really work in such a structure as well, in order to protect radiation, you know, and micro, uh, meteoroid strikes and whatnot. Um, what what do you like envision as the kind of style that we would build? Like, would you would you see lunar buildings have a certain aesthetic style? Do you think that evolves from the functionality of the building? 
Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that's a very good point, and uh, and I think it is absolutely so. So uh, some some kind of uh, functions uh, will uh, the 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 buildings will fulfill these 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 functionalities. For example, of course, we will need uh, uh, gates for uh, going out to the surface and coming back from the surface. Uh, this uh, kind of uh, two gates where you go inside, uh, you evacuate it, and uh, the other go yeah, yeah exactly. Looks yeah. <laughs> sure. And uh, beside that. Uh, the spe uh, special environment that enables us to build that much uh, that high structures and uh, the forces is going to be that different uh, it will uh, i think it will uh, create a, a lunar style of uh, building buildings so one thing is it the, these buildings could be higher but also because of the uh, less gravi gravitational forces, I think uh, the bridges which which could be built on the on the moon uh, those can be also uh, uh, longer, and the uh, building can be connected uh, in the, in the in the high uh, like like a build uh, like a bridge, so. So I think uh, it, it there there will be a special lunar uh, architectural style um, created. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and then to follow on from that as well, uh, do you think that this special lunar architecture might show us things that we can still learn about architecture on Earth? Maybe like that knowledge transfer back the way. Hopefully, <laughs> well, uh, on Earth, uh, architecture has uh, a lot of uh, history. So, so architects are are are, are working for for a really long time. But uh, the the architecture on the Earth uh, are also evolving quite uh, quite fast because of we we knew we knew uh, now uh, new materials. Uh, and new methods and uh, computer aided design also also uh, have uh, and the, and the computer simulize uh, simula um, simulations also help us to to build uh, such uh, buildings on earth which cannot be built uh, in about 20 years 30 years or even even a later time uh, yeah but uh, i don't only think about uh, building uh, hotels, but uh, this uh, this possibility uh, with buildings uh, with building high structures on moon it ena enables us uh, to build uh, such uh, functional structures that help us uh, a lot on the moon. For example, we can build uh, high uh, launch uh, rails on which uh, magnetic ra uh, magnetic uh, trains can uh, accelerate uh, the payload so it can be put on orbit 
so I, I don't say uh, it has to be very high, but uh, if you imagine, uh, we, 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 can, we can build uh, a magnetic uh, rail line on the surface on the moon, of the moon, of course. And we can accelerate something to the orbital speed of the moon, which is about uh, 1.6 kilometers per second. But uh, if, you, if you do that, and there is a hill or some other uh, higher region of the moon on, uh, on the way, then uh, you have to modify your uh, spacecraft uh, direction. But if, if, you, if, you, if you build a, a structure that goes higher into uh, some hundred meters high or maybe some kilometers high, and then you, you release the payload on that high, high part of the, of, the, of the rail, then, uh, then uh, you don't have to uh, spend as much uh, fuel as as otherwise so that's uh, i think that's uh, that's also a possibility uh we, we i think it dip uh, well of course it depends on if we have a a, a proper mountain a proper hill that uh, you can use to build your magnetic uh rail line on which has the proper angle then of course you don't have to do that. But uh, we are going to have bases on the moon in several spots. Uh, there are specific uh, spots uh, we want to have bases near the Shackleton crater at the, at the, at the solar uh, uh, south uh, polar uh, region. And, uh, and, and, and I can imagine that there are going to be some other spots which uh, will be special for some reason. For example, we can mine some uh, miner uh, minerals or metals there or something like that. Uh, and then you don't, you are not going to have uh, a, a proper uh, mountain or hill at every site. So mm -hmm. this, yeah. this can be, this can be a, a widespread solution for, for many places, I think. Yeah, I think that will be reality in, um, well, maybe not a few decades, but let's say 100 years from now. We will probably be launching something to orbit from the moon quite often. And I, I have heard plans about the same thing on Earth, but if you do it on Earth, the structure has to be tens of kilometers high and the speed also has to be much higher and the building costs would be yeah totally mad astronomical <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah orbit orbital expenses yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah also uh, we talked about uh, earlier uh, towers which we can build and the towers can have uh, multiple functions functionalities uh, one of those is uh, uh, if it's uh, of course we can use the uh, the towers for communication but uh, some some people are already talking about uh, putting some starling satellites around the moon in in different orbits and then it then the communication is solved 
so well maybe maybe that is uh, that's a, i'm sure uh, there are going to be uh, communication satellites around the moon and now uh, there they are already uh, i think there is the chinese satellite right which is yeah, communicating yeah, yeah it's uh, like in the far side of the moon or like an orbit that it's visible to the far side of the moon and to earth so they yes. can communicate with the rover that is on the far side of the moon yeah but uh, for for surface communication even even for mobile mobile networks building mobile networks on the moon you can you can use uh, high towers and uh, and the other uh, important uh, aspect of uh, you can as, as that you can build very very high towers on the moon is uh, you can put solar panels on the top of that and uh, of course uh, you can adjust the direction of the panels and then you are going to you can you can solve uh, supporting energy for uh, for the sol uh, solar region for example in the craters where where uh, there is a almost a eternal darkness so yeah. sun cannot uh, sunlight uh, cannot find a way there you can you can use these towers for for that as well and i also uh, just uh, read about a concept that uh, they are going to use mirrors and uh, friends lenses to direct the sunlight from 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 a high point where there is sun to to all different uh, equipments on the ground which uh, could be otherwise in the shadow and and that way uh, it 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 can power uh, different um, vehicles or uh, bases or devices uh, on the on the, on the ground and that that is also uh, interesting and uh, we have to calculate uh, in 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 uh, that these towers can be high also you know whilst you were talking about your towers there sabolch it gave me an idea um, you were talking about your structures earlier where it's effectively a mag, uh, mag rail system that can launch things into orbit. What if these towers, the, the central core of these towers, doubled as vertical mag lifts because the escape velocity you need is not that high on the moon? Yeah. So you could you could basically the central the center of the tower is effectively one mag lift. So if you had the gateway passing overhead you could then shoot the mag lift up and then rendezvous with Gateway as like a shuttle bus service. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't really see it now, how, how you imagine it. So we have a maglev. So and... if effectively your, your tower, the, the center of the tower, imagine there's, yep. a, there's a hole right down the center and effectively you just have a like a cargo or, or some kind of shuttle and the shuttle is the the, cent, the central hull is effectively like a giant rail gun in a way oh i see i see and the magnets yeah. levitate yeah. through the center of the tower to a high enough speed where it can achieve the escape velocity and then if you time it so when gateway passes overhead it can literally be like a shuttle bus back and forth yeah 
yeah, it's, and the reverse soft. could also be true, where you have a dampening field with the, the magnetic field, so that when it comes back down and catches it, it reverses the, you know, the so it dampens the cushions the um, the landing. Yeah, 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 and that for for orbital for the, or achieving orbit, that's not the best way because it only gives speed. Uh, like vertically, you will also need horizontal speed to get into the orbit. But if you if you uh, build a, a tower which is not uh, vertical but has a, a specific angle, and then you are arriving from uh, from the proper orbit, and then you can you can use it to slow down uh, your your payload for uh, for landing. Yeah, that's that's also very interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so basically just angled towers, and then the top of the tower—that's the angle—is your actual cannon, as it were. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it would be something like a, a space gun or a reverse space gun if you if you just arrive to there. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Would would solar energy be enough for that kind of magnetic rail? Yeah. yeah. Uh, would would we need nuclear energy? Well, um, yeah, of course, nuclear energy is always good. So, so as we could see uh, for the case of Mars, uh, the solar energy is there. It's proven because uh, the rovers are using that, and and we could see that uh, how how uh, how long time they could use it. In a very good, a surprisingly long time. So, if we if we look at uh, what was the planned uh, lifetime of the of of the first missions, uh, Spirit Opportunity, um, you you can see that uh, solar solar power is very good, but there are concerns with the dust storms, and then because that that lowers the the decrease of uh, of the solar energy arriving to the Martian surface. And that could be a big problem. And uh, for for that, uh, the Marsh, uh, these uh, kilopower units, which are uh, being built by, by the NASA, is a, is a, is a good uh, solution. They could provide uh, safe power for for quite a long time. So So they are good, and they are good for the moon as well. And, uh, but uh, on the moon, we don't have dust storms. So for, for sure, what we know that on the moon, uh, the solar power, uh, you can calculate how much solar power you have at a certain po point of time on, on, on a certain spot on the moon. So because of that 14 days long night, when we, when we don't have uh, the... <laughs> the 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 light of the sun uh if we are not talking about the two polar regions because they are special in that kind in that in that sense so when we uh when we don't have the uh, solar power what we what we can do is that uh, we can be, uh install uh, solar power stations so solar uh lots of solar panels 
around the moon, around the equator, and make uh, a grid that that connects these. This is this is a mega uh, building, of course, but uh, you 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 don't have to use actual cables for connecting those. Actually, uh, because uh, of lack of atmosphere, uh, we can we can use uh, radiation uh, methods to transfer the energy from one spot to the other. So it can be laser, it can be microwave, uh, whatever is the uh, a best choice. And then uh, you have uh, a virtual uh, solar power. Uh, power plant actually a virtual solar power plant which produces uh, a predictable amount of energy uh, at any point of time and uh, and if you if you if you manage to distribute that energy to other places and here comes also high towers uh, which you can use to transmit the energy with the with the help of laser for example and then uh, that that can that is a good solution but uh, going back to the MagRail solution, the the MagRail is using uh, quite a lot of energy in a short time. So for that, uh, it would be nice to have something which uh, collects the solar energy, and then it can use it uh, in in a in a short time uh, in a in a higher power density. And uh, if uh, yeah, there are, there are some there are some possibilities for that. Uh, battery uh, batteries, of course, uh, supercapacitors, or uh, or something similar. But uh, probably that is needed uh, for that to have uh, the right level of uh, hi high enough level for for launching. I think in terms of the initial in energy infrastructure, it's a solid start, and then it's about networking that grid out of there to various places where you might need it uh, to have like charging pads for drones or something like that, you know, uh, for, for rovers or anything like that. That would be really handy because if there's, uh, if, if this technology was somehow available for Mars, you know, imagine if Spirit or Opportunity, when the dust storms came, was able to go and sit on a pad and constantly be charged that would have been they'd have been fine you know yeah they could have been saved that way absolutely yeah 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 rich knows all about the rovers because he did the mega rover series with kage yes uh, the the rover series that we just finished recently and uh we're moving on to a, a collaboration with to the future now but uh, more on that later on. Yeah, I've heard about it. <laughs> Some <laughs> from, from Sebastian, yeah. In the seven-part series with To The Future, we take a look into humans in space, how it all started and how it might look in the far future. First episode is already out on To The Future channel, so check it out right after this episode. Link is in the description. We had a long chat with Chabolsk, so I decided to release it in two parts. Second part will be released about a week from now. And if you want to listen to the whole recording now, 
and cannot wait till next week, we do have the full raw recording available for patrons. So check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash total space to become one of these awesome patrons. Anthony Mann, Warhawk, Adrian Moisa, The Angry Astronaut, Howard Walker, Sami Oscuro, What About It, Chisuan and Sebastian from To The Future, Gio Bagliari, Framrick, Susie R., and Marco Makuch. Thank you very much for your support. Thanks for listening and don't forget to tune back in next week. I've been Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. I've been Rich LB, co-host of Becoming Multiplanetary. I am Sabolj from What About It? <laughs> Shortly. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.